0: Press on through the good times, amen. You just got to keep on keeping on. Don't get on the sideline. Get on the front line and be faithful. Isn't that right? And uh, Brother Laddie's only been doing that for about 20-something years, or he's been doing it longer now, but he's been doing it here 20-something years. And... um, I just appreciate his faithfulness to the Lord and appreciate what he has done and how God has used him, amen, and he's been a blessing, amen, to the church. If you'll stand with us, 2 Kings chapter number 2, 2 Kings chapter number 2 this morning, and I'll tell you, I was, um, except chapter 4, excuse me, 2 Kings chapter 4, and uh, I uh, came to church this morning, and I said, well, Lord, I got about six sermons on my heart. Don't y'all have a heart attack, because I'm not preaching all six of them this morning. I couldn't take it, and you couldn't either. Amen? And, uh, but I said, Lord, just show me what I need to preach, and uh, God just made it so clear. Don't you thank God for the Holy Spirit? Amen? Amen? amen. And uh, now, we started live streaming some services, our services for uh, people that are shut in, but I do want to say this. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to last. Amen? It's going to just, we're going to do it. Uh, but if the attendance drops 1%, can I get a witness? We're going to cut it off. Amen. Because staying at the house never takes the place of being in church. We'll let it be a ministry to those who can't come. But if you get a headache on Wednesday night and you stay home because you got a headache and you so I'm going to watch live streaming and the Lord even hints to me about it. We're going to pull the plug on so many things around here. Can I get a witness? Amen. And so, uh, so ne- don't be late. I don't think you would, amen. But I'm, I, don't, I wouldn't say it on Sunday night and Wednesday night because they don't need it. I say it on Sunday morning, amen. And uh, so, you don't stay home watch live stream. That's just for people who can't come, amen, who really can't come. Not an excuse. That's sermon number one, all right. And then, uh, listen, I don't care if we've had it five years, if at any time praying the Holy Spirit says unplug that, I'm just going to unplug it, okay? Can I get a witness? I just want to do that because I don't want nobody to get mad at me three years down the road if we unplug it for any given reason, but it's like anything else in church. It can be used as a tool, but if the devil ever gets in it, it's got to go. Isn't that right? And uh, So don't worry. Just because we got that, we're not getting fog machines and you know weird lights in the choir. It's not, we're not going to have a purple wall up here. Somebody say amen. We're not doing any of that stuff. Amen. We're just... Uh, we're just going to keep doing the same old thing. Isn't that right? Because it works. And so Second Kings chapter number 4 and verse number 38. The Bible said, And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land, and the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said unto the servants, Set on the great pot, and seed the pottage for the sons of the prophets. And one went out into the field to gather herbs, and found a wild vine, and gathered thereof wild gourds, wild gorge, his lapful, and came and shred them into the pot of pottage, for they knew them not. So they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass, as they were eating of the pottage, That they cried out and said, Oh man, thou man of God, there is death in the pot," and they could not eat thereof. But he said, "Then bring meal," and he cast it in the pot, and he said, "Pour out for the people that they may eat," and there was no harm in the pot. Let's go to God in prayer, then you can be seated. Our precious heavenly Father, God, as we do bow in your presence this morning, Lord, as we come to the throne of grace and mercy, Lord, we do come in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to thank you for this day. We want to thank you for your goodness. We want to thank you for your mercy, Lord. Thank you for Bible Baptist Church. Lord, thank you for a place that we can come and feel the presence of God. And I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. Help us now and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want you to notice in verse number 38 that there are several things here, I believe, that bears great significance in this verse. You say, what do you mean? Well, I think, first of all, uh, the prophet in the text bears great significance. As the Bible says here, and Elisha came again to Gilgal. And no doubt Elisha, being the man of God he is, uh, uh, bears great significance in the day and time in which he lived. And so the prophet is worthy of mentioning. The place, Gilgal, is worthy of mentioning. Uh, when you think about why Gilgal is so important in this text is because in chapter number two, whenever Elisha and Elijah uh, was going about Elijah's last day, they started at Gilgal, then they went to Bethel, then they went to Jericho, and they finally they went to the Jordan. Well, when Elisha crosses the river after Elijah has been taken back up into heaven in a whirlwind, he goes back that same route. And in every place, there's a miracle that is performed by Elisha proving that he was the successor of of Elijah. There was a miracle when he crossed the waters, when he smoked the waters and said Where is the Lord God of Elijah. Then there's the miracle where he took the cruise and put the salt in it at Jericho and the water was polluted and, and the water was then no longer defiled. It was no longer harmed and he reversed the curse and there was a miracle there. There was a miracle when he turned and cursed those young people on his way to Bethel as the she-bears came out and tore 42 uh, little children, the Bible says. And then finally we we get to Gilgal, he's back at the place where he started with Elijah on that last day, and then there is this miracle concerning death in the pot. So the place is important. The problem is certainly important. The Bible tells us here that there was a dearth in the land in verse number 38. You know, the reason God would send a famine is to get man's attention. Isn't that right? And so when we read about a famine in the Bible, it ought to get our attention. Isn't that right? And so the problem is worthy of mentioning. The prophets the, the sons of the prophets here the Bible talks about were sitting before him. Just like Mary said at the feet of Jesus, these sons of the prophets were sitting uh, before uh, Elijah Elisha there. Now you think about that this morning. When you consider these sons of the prophets, that God never really did anything with them. I mean, listen, there was a Bible college group of students uh, uh, that was started by Samuel, carried out by Elijah, now carried on by Elisha, but they didn't have a lot of discernment. I I mean they they might have had some intellect but they didn't have a lot of discernment now, I'm not saying that God don't use Bible college students by no means uh, but what I am saying it takes more than book learning to be a man of God uh, you've got to have book learning somebody say man God doesn't put his blessing on stupidity and on dumbness. say man that's not spirituality but you got to be have the inline before you get the outline isn't that right you got to have the touch of God and so we see the prophets and there's this person this servant here that's being sent out uh, uh, to take the great pot and the pottage uh, uh, for the purpose of taking care of the servants of God. You see, Elisha knew this. Uh, He knew, my friend, that these people not only need, these sons of the prophets not only needed spiritually fed, but they also needed physically fed as well. Amen. And so we see uh, here uh, this place and, and we come to this text this morning And there's a lot of principles that are in this text. There's a servant's calling in verse number 38, as the Bible puts emphasis and distinction between Elisha, the man of God, and the sons of the prophets. Now, I want to tell you this morning that's important because when those men at Jericho, uh, when the waters were polluted, the Bible said there was 50 sons of the prophets down at Jericho, but they didn't go to one of them and ask them to help them uh, with the problem that they were facing. But when the man of God, Elisha, showed up, there they knew there was a difference. I'm talking about wicked men. Knew there was a difference between a preacher and a man of God and they went to Elisha and said, can you help us, amen? I'm telling you, listen, God still has some men in this hour that we're living in today, amen? And so there is the servant's calling and then there is sin's curse. We live in a world that's full of sin, don't we? I'm telling you, I've been preaching here in 2 Kings for the last few weeks and it just seemed like God has just had me sitting in this text uh, uh, everywhere I go in this in these chapters here concerning the life uh, and the ministry of Elisha. And what I see in verse number 38 is that death, uh, in verse 39, death is everywhere. I mean, listen, this man goes out into the field. When he goes out in the field, you know what he finds? Uh, he finds death in the woods. Amen? Listen, you don't have to go too many places to die. You know that? You can just about die any where's in this world you want to. You know why that is? Because the curse of sin is on this world. It's not just on humanity, but it's on all of creation. I'm telling you, it's in the trees and it's in the vines and it's in the fruit and it's in the woods. Everything dies because of sin's curse. We're living in the land of the dying, but thank God we're headed to the land of the living, amen? And so there's sin's curse. Then there's serious consequences. They pour this pottage out and there's death in the pot. In verse number 40, and they start to eat it uh, and they begin to die they said old man of God there's death in the pot thank God there's salvation change in verse number 41 you say what do you mean I mean Elisha takes that meal throws it in that pot and guess what everything begins to change there's a conversion that takes place you say why is that so important because that pot was just an earthen vessel you know that and that old earthen vessel had death on the inside of it. And there didn't look, didn't look like there was no hope. But one day meal was put on the inside. That meal represents the word of God. It represents the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and when that meal got inside that pot guess what? Death had to flee. Amen. Uh, the reverse, uh, the curse was reversed. Uh, and what would bring death all of a sudden has life in it. Uh, I'm telling you, you and I are nothing but an earthen vessel. And one day we were amongst the dead. Uh, uh, we were dead in our trespasses and sin. We were without God and without hope in this world. But my friend, faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we heard the word of God one day. And thank God this old dead tabernacle, this old dead earthen vessel. Listen, the word of God got on the inside of me. And if you're saved, it got on the inside of you. And you know what it did? It reversed the curse. Amen. We was dead on the inside. But when the meal got on the inside, it brought life. It brought eternal life. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? You know, I hadn't preached this sermon here. I preached it in other places. And, and uh, you know, God just spoke to me this morning and said, I want you to preach it here. Usually you may have heard it somewhere else, but all I can say is don't listen to the internet. Amen? I just gotta preach what God tells me when God tells me to preach it. Isn't that right? And I wanna say this morning, when we get to this text here, there's a lot of principles in this text. But where I wanna draw our attention to is verse number 38. The first little phrase. Notice the Bible says, and Elisha came again to Gilgal Gilgal is an important place in the word of God because Gilgal is a favored place God blessed Gilgal. Do you realize that? Gilgal was east of the Jordan River. It was closest to the Jordan. When you think about where Gilgal was, it would have been the place during the time of this famine that would have had the most moisture. It would have had the most vegetation in the time of a dearth, in the time of a famine when everything was dried up. If you want to go where there was some water was, guess what? You you want to go where there was some life and some greenery, you need to go down to Gilgal because Gilgal was close to the Jordan River. It was drawing water from another supply. When everything else was dried up, Gilgal was a place of memorial. It's that place, friend, where they put those stones up as a memorial. When they crossed over Jordan, Gilgal was the first place where they ate of the old corn of the land. Gilgal was that place where God rode the reproach of Egypt away for those that had been born in the wilderness. They crossed the Jordan. I'll say this morning, I understand what the songwriters say. When he's talking about on Jordan's stormy banks. But listen, Canaan land's not heaven, somebody said, man. There was sin in Canaan land, there was battles in Canaan land. And thank God when we get to heaven, there'll be no sin and there'll be no battle. Amen. And the reason I say that this morning is because you can stand on Jordan's stormy banks if you want to and cast a wistful eye. I'm not bound for the promised land. Amen. Thank God I've done come up out of the wilderness, I've crossed the Jordan River. I've been down to Gilgal by the grace of God Had the reproach of Egypt been rolled away And praise God I'm living in Canaan right now Amen It's good to be saved Isn't it It's good to be born again It's good to be on this side of Canaan Thank God I'm not wandering backslid in the wilderness But I'm enjoying the fruit Of the spirit filled Christian life Amen but This morning Gilgal We know it to be a favored place Don't we But in our text, you know what it is? It becomes a fatal place. And I want to preach on that subject this morning on when a favored place becomes a fatal place. Gilgal had a heritage. Gilgal had blessing. Gilgal had bounty. Gilgal was a place where there was water when there wasn't no water. A lot like this church this morning. Gilgal is a place like this church. This church has a heritage. Can we get an amen there? This church this morning is a is a place where there's still some moisture spiritually there's still, There's this is a place where you can still come and, and get refreshment in a dry and thirsty land where no water is uh, you can still hear spirit filled singing and spirit filled preaching and, and spirit filled testifying and boy, I thank God for Bible Baptist Church don't you? Uh, I thank God we're not a perfect church uh, uh, but I thank God for a place uh, where when I feel the wind blow I know it's from another world uh, I'm not elevating man but I thank God for his presence amen uh, I thank God for a place where people, when they come to church, they look like they're going to church and not a ball game, amen? I thank God we're a place you can come and still hear music. It doesn't sound like you came out of a honky-tonk or a rock concert somewhere, but thank God it sounds like heaven, amen? And it glorifies God and doesn't magnify the flesh and elevate the flesh. Don't you thank God for this place? Don't you thank God for the heritage where the young people still look like they got decency and they got character and they're dressed right, right? And thank God they come to church and they look like Christians, amen? Where we still got a choir that sings. We don't have a praise team. We don't have cardboard testimonies. We don't have a fog machine. And We don't have weird looking lights. Some preacher said to me, he said, well, they're just lights, it's no big deal. I said, if it's no big deal, don't put them in the choir, amen? Just carry on. What's that gonna do for the service, amen? A friend, I don't need a lava lamp behind me while I'm preaching this morning, is that right? I'm telling you, thank God for a place where you can still hear preaching and you can still hear teaching and people say amen and when they raise their hand, you don't think they wanna ask a question but they're magnifying God. Thank God for a favored place, amen. I wanna tell you something this morning, as good as it is, I'm telling you, it only took two verses. Two verses for a favored place to become a fatal place. I want to tell you, while there's death in this place, if you look at verse 38, they still got a man of God. While there's death in this place, they still got ministries going on. Sons of the prophets are there. While there's death in this place, uh, listen, things are still happening. You see, if you and I are not careful, God could exit this building. He could leave us to ourself. Uh, and if we're not careful, we could become so numb to the things of God spiritually that we just keep carrying on uh, in the mechanics of the flesh. Uh, and we're enamored by our own personality and our own ability. But my friend, the presence of God has left us. Uh, I remind myself this morning and you, more than I need an outline, I need his touch. Amen? More than we need a pretty song, we need a song that has the blessing of God on it. More than we need a full choir, we need a choir that'll sing in power and know what they're singing about. More than we need a full house, and I thank God for it, but we need the winds of another world to sweep across a congregation. We need it to be real, and we need to keep it right, and we need to keep God on the throne. It can't be about me, and it can't be about you. We gotta keep personality, and jealousy and envy and all that other stuff and the world, the flesh and the devil. We got to keep it on that side so that God will be pleased and a favored place doesn't become a fatal place. Amen. You say this morning, preacher, why is that so important? How can I keep that from happening? Let me give you a few things and we'll be done. Look at verse number 38. How do we keep a favored place from becoming a fatal place? Number one, you have to be aware of where you're going. He sends this young man and he tells him, he said, I want you to sit on the great pot and see the pottage for the sons of the prophets. Now, he doesn't send this old boy out in the field. The Bible says in verse 39 that he went out into a field. He goes out there for herbs, but he finds a little bit more than what he's looking for. You know, if you go out in the world, you'll always find more than you're looking for. But it'll never be what you need, friend. He sends him out there. He said, I want you to, or he sends him, he said, I want you to seed the great pot and put pottage on. And so boy goes out looking for herbs. What was it that drove him to the field? It was the famine. You see, things were sparse. Things weren't quite the way that they used to. They didn't just have everything at their fingertips. It wasn't just as easy to get what you need. You couldn't just go to the cupboard or the cabinet and get what you need. But it was a little bit harder to find, to hunt down. And so the famine's what drove this boy to the field. I'm going to tell you, it's drove a lot of people in these last two years uh, of the famine in this country. And my friend, not one of of of, of, eat, of food and of drink, but of hearing the word of God uh, has drove people to this world. Uh, I'm going to tell you what the pandemic did. Uh, it didn't, my friend, uh, uh, bring hardship on the church. Uh, it just revealed who in the church uh, for a long time, uh, who was really serious about serving God and who wasn't. Those who've been hunting an excuse for decades, uh, found them a good reason to sit at the house uh, and They can go to Walmart, but they can't go to church. I'm telling you this morning, friend. there's more viruses at Walmart. I was in Walmart about 10 o'clock last night. I said, ma'am, there's more viruses down at Walmart than there ever was in China. You know that? I'm just telling you, friend. listen, if you can go to Walmart, you don't need to be concerned about the Chinese virus. Can I get a witness right there? People go to Walmart seven days a week, and then they'll play it safe on Sunday. I don't believe that mess. Can I get an amen? Yeah, amen? That's just an excuse to stay at the house and they'll say things like this. Now, I wasn't there, but I watched it online. It <laughs> don't count. Amen. When you're sick in the hospital, what if we said, now, we didn't come visit you, but we watched you online. I on. yeah. want well, you to know, we, we, we really tuned you in online now. We just with you in spirit, you know. Hey, listen, they don't count. I understand there's people that physically can't come and be here. I'm not preaching to that crowd. I'm talking about that lazy crowd that wants to sit at the house and watch about eight, eight minutes of service and then they turn the television on. Hey, listen, they're out fishing and hunting in the afternoon on Sunday, and they know you can't do nothing with that crowd. You know that. It's gonna take some people, amen, that love God and know where they're going. Amen. I'm telling you, I found the way. Praise God. It's a good way, it's a right way. It's a holy way. It's a heavenly way. It's a blessed way. It's the best way. It's God's way. Praise God. I found the way. Thank God for God in old time religion. I'm telling you, friend, I'm not changing. I'm gonna stick with the old stuff. We're gonna keep hoeing the same road. We're gonna keep on keeping on. We're gonna keep on serving God. We're gonna keep on being faithful. I'm talking about, friend, you got to know where you're going. Hallelujah. Amen, you know why this morning we're not concerned? Listen, we're not concerned about the new age movement because we're not going that way. You know why the contemporary crowd doesn't turn our head? Because we're not going that way. I love them. I hope they get a good a good dose of old-fashioned Holy Ghost uh, of salvation and service. But I'm telling you this morning, uh, it doesn't matter what comes down the pipe. It's new and improved. Uh, it's not gonna change us. You know why? Because we know where we're going. Amen. I'm telling you this old-time religion, it'll do when you're living and it'll sure do when you're dying. Thank God. Uh, it'll help you uh, uh, to keep on keeping on. Uh, I'm just saying this morning, uh, uh, my friend, it's still real. It's still right Uh, this morning. Let me say, secondly, you've got to be aware of where you are going. Amen. Amen. Secondly, notice this the field is a different place, the field is a desirable place. The field this morning is a deadly place. Now, listen to me. Listen to me this morning. I want you to listen. Tie him down to that seat right there. Praise Praise God. God. The field is the world. Jesus called the field the world. And this morning, this, the world will do everything they can to come in on you. You know, we, we have to constantly be tightening up as a church. We're tightening Sunday school. Amen. And we're tightening it. The preacher's tightening up. I'm tightening some things in my life. Not because I'm that holy, because this flesh will get out of hand. I'm telling you, listen, you ever just tidy things up around your house they just need tightened up a little bit? You ever see something, you know, it kind of gets a squeaking, you know? You know what you do? You'll tighten them bolts because it just gets loose over time. The pull of gravity changes things. I'm gonna tell you, a church is the same way. If we don't keep things tight, if we don't keep things, uh, uh, listen, the way they're supposed to be, and the world's changing, it's so easy to give here, but we know where we're going, amen? Where we're going is raising a good youth group that loves God. Where we're going is raising good families that are faithful and dedicated and wanna serve God. Hey, where we're going is staying with the King James Bible. Isn't that right? Where we're going this morning uh, is we're not taking Baptists off that sign. Where we're going this morning is we're not taking... the word church off that sign. Hey, where we're going, it, we're still singing the old songs of the hymns and the faith. ain't that right? Hey, where we're going this morning uh, is we're still going door knocking and soul winning uh, and seeking sinners and passing out tracts. Uh, that's where we're going. Uh, and when you know where you're going, uh, you won't get lost. Amen? You won't be confused. Uh, where we're going is straight laced preaching and preaching with the right spirit so that when you leave, you're not scratching your head saying wonder what they're trying to say. Oh no. Uh, listen, in a politically correct world, in a cancel culture world. You know what we're going to do? We're going to keep the culture we've always had. We're not going to try to be politically correct. We're going to call sin for what it is. I don't care if it hair lips a devil. Amen. I don't care if it makes some dead Baptist man. We're still going to preach the truth. We're still going to preach repentance. We're still going to preach the Bible. We're still going to preach the word of God. We're still going to stand on the principles and the convictions and the doctrines of the faith and the Baptist to That's where we're going, hallelujah. Got to know where you're going. You got to be aware where you're going. Still going to support missionaries around the world. We're still gonna help evangelists and missionaries. We're gonna send the gospel to the four corners of the earth. That's where we're going this morning. We're still going in the same direction that we've always went. I'm just saying this morning, how do you keep a, a favored place from becoming a fatal place? You gotta be aware of where you're going. The field is never the answer. Secondly, not only be aware of where you're going, but be aware of what you're gathering he gets out there in that field and he goes for herbs I don't think it would have been wrong to get herbs but he found a wild vine and he gathered wild gourds his lap full you know the world will fill your lap full of a lot of deadly things and old boy he gets out there and he's going for herbs but he finds more than he bargains for and what he finds in verse number 39, we ought, to, we ought to pay close attention because the Bible makes it clear that it's wild. Well, there's a lot of wild things going on in church nowadays, aren't there? Things I never thought. I never thought I'd see some of the things going on. Wild things. I, well, I, I've already mentioned, but for the sake of, of those that may have not got it, let me go back down through that list again. Wild music. Wild-looking preachers. You ever see? I've never seen a day when preachers want to look wild. Why can't we just look like men of God? And they'll make little questions like, Well, what does a man of God look like? He looks he looks respectable. That's how a man of God he looks professional. Isn't that right? I'm not going to get up here and preach in a T-shirt and, uh, and some uh, listen flat lid cap, uh, uh, you know, and, and a pair of shorts. And uh, but wouldn't that be a sight this morning, Amen? Uh, listen, I'm not going to get up here with a pair of tennis shoes on. Uh, I'm not going to try to listen. I, your preachers, no, I'm not trying to fit in. Uh, uh, listen, I, I, I'm forty, soon to be forty-seven years old, uh, and I'm probably the best forty-seven, uh, best looking forty-seven year old you've ever seen. I'm sure of that. Uh, but you know, this morning, uh, I'm not worried. Uh, I'm not trying to be twenty-five. I see some men my age. Uh, uh, listen, they're still running around uh, uh, trying to look like they're 25 years old. Uh, I'm telling you, you know they got that old furniture disease, you know, where your chest falls through your drawers. Uh, and listen, they think they're trying to be like everybody else. Uh, uh, Let's listen, uh, listen, be a man of God. Amen. Uh, I mean, listen, you young preachers, you listen to me, you look like a preacher, amen. Uh, you put a shirt and tie on, don't worry what the contemporary crowd says about it, amen. You put a jacket on when you get up to preach, amen. Uh, uh, listen, you look like a like somebody that's took time to pray and seek God's face. I, I'm telling you, friend, listen, what about it? We got a lot of wild preachers today. They're putting a lot of things out there on social media. Let's just be honest. It causes us to lose respect for them. Yes, that's right. Amen. Been, uh, there's men I thought were great men until yes, I have seen some things. Yes, and foolishness. I think we ought to laugh. Man, I'm telling y'all, some of y'all need to laugh this morning. I mean, you know, just so I know you're still breathing. I know it's 12 o'clock. I'm probably preaching to 1230 this morning. Y'all just hold on. Don't leave. It'll cost you a thousand bucks. Amen. But you know, this morning, I, I mean, it bothers me. Why can't we just be men, normal men trying to live for God? Not trying to be popular, not trying to be a who's who this morning. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm a, I preach the same everywhere I go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm not going to try to be somebody else. I'm not going to try. Like I'm not trying to fit in. You know, I used to preach a lot of youth meetings, uh, and I preached one the other day, and I was shocked. It just came to my attention. I was, man, I ain't preached one in five years. Wonder what that's about. <laughs> be quiet, Brother Steve Gillsby. But You know what? I, I'm not going to try to be hip. Right. Amen. I'm not getting me some weird haircut. I'm not, I'm not growing it out, making it shag on top, you know. Listen, uh, uh, there's just so much stuff uh, that's going down the pipe. Uh, and I'll tell you what is it is. It's wild, what it is. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, thank God for some people uh, uh, that lived holy and lived clean. No, we're not perfect this morning. Uh, I believe in getting up every morning. And by the best of your ability and by the grace of God, we ought to live our life in a way that honors God uh, and doesn't bring a reproach on our church, uh, on our family, amen, uh, and on the all in that God has put on our life, amen. I'm telling you as a member this morning, when you go out in that community, you represent Bible Baptist Church and you represent more importantly the Lord Jesus Christ and everything you do and everything you say and everything you post, you ought to think about it before you do any of it and remind yourself that somebody's watching you, somebody's looking at your life. You're either an encouragement or you're a discouragement to those that are looking. Amen. Be aware of what you're gathering. I tell you, as a preacher, they, now, now let me just stop and say this. We got Jubilee next week. I don't know how many people's coming. I know there's 330 something in the motel. And uh, so I don't know, but let's just say that there'll, there'll be 600 people there. We don't have 600 songbooks, So you know what we had to do? Oh, Lord, help me. We had to order screens. And we're running Redback songs on them. But I just, Brother Brown told me this week, he said, well, is everything? I said, well, we got a stage and we got two screens. How's that sound? (laughs) I said, we don't have 600 song books. I said, so we're going to have to put the words on them, but they'll be the right songs. But I'm telling you this morning, I don't want to change, do you? I want to change the color of paint and carpet. I mean, we don't want to look outdated. The house of God ought to look good, amen. But I'm telling you, I don't want to change what we believe and who we are. I don't want to lose our identity. I'm telling you, there's a lot of places they want to get rid of their identity. man just said to me the other day, he said, you know, he said, help me pray about taking Baptists off their signs. I'm not doing that. I preach against that. I'm not gonna help do that. I'm not going back if they do, amen. They can do whatever they want to. Uh, I'm just telling you, friend, this morning, uh, that's how a favored place becomes a fatal place. Uh, You start dropping your identity. If I had a good dog, I'd at least name it, wouldn't you? Uh, I'm telling you, friend, we all to be who we are by the grace of God this morning be aware of what you're gathering be aware of where you're going and then be aware of what you're giving others amen look at verse number 40 the Bible said so they poured out for the men to eat and it came to pass as they were eating of the pot that they they cried out and said oh thou man of God there's death in the pot you know what the problem was in verse number 40 the latter part of verse 39 tells you that they shred them into the pot and notice this They knew them not. They used something that had not been tried and tested. They put it in that pot for men to consume, not intending to hurt them, but it did. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we can let things come in, not intending to hurt people, but they can. Oh, this morning, we have to keep the standard high, don't we? You see, the, the good rule of this text is simply this. Don't serve anything to anybody that's not been proven. And for God's sake, don't swallow anything that's not been proven. Brother, I'm telling you, there's things people say, and I say, well, that sounds good, but I, you know, I ain't proven that. Uh, you know, Dr. Phil says something every now and then. I don't, I don't know. I don't watch him. But I'm sure he says something that if you listened, it would sound, well, that sounds pretty good, yeah, but I'm not swallowing it because Dr. Phil said it. Is that right? Joe Osteen might say something good every day, and I doubt it. I used to go to places, people don't say it no more. They'd come by and they'd say, oh, I enjoyed your preaching. You sound just like John Haggy." <laughs> that not make me so mad, Brother Laddie. I mean, you could have fried an egg on top of my head at that moment. Hey, Amen. At least they didn't say I looked like him, but they said you sound like him. And I think to myself, I, no, 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 that's not who we are. You say, "Well, that offends me." Well, I'm sorry, but we're not changing too. Well, listen, this morning, some things may sound good. I want to tell you this morning, I'm not crawling through a septic tank to find a biscuit. Amen? It's too much mess along the way. I'm telling you some people listen to somebody just because they say a little something every now and then. It sounds good. And I'm going to tell you overall, you better listen to what they're cooking up, friend, because it's death in a pot. Amen? Don't just listen to what people say, but look at how they live. Look at where they stand. I'm telling you some people say, I heard something the other day. Somebody sent me and I said, you know what? Right message Wrong man, isn't that right? Uh, it was the truth. Only problem was he didn't live any of it. I'm telling you, listen. I don't live uh, everything that I want to live. I try to. I'm just telling you this morning. We're living in a day of compromises and criticize. Uh, and if you and I are not careful, listen, young people today. Not saying everybody here. But I'm talking about as a whole, young adults and young people. And listen, if you don't stay in your Bible, you swallow about anything. Be careful what you swallow. It might be the death of you. And see, not only be aware of what you're giving others, but be aware of those who are gasping for help. They cried out. And I really believe this this morning. In verse number 40, the Bible said they cried. Oh, thou man of God, there's death in the pot. I'm going to tell you something about people. They may criticize a preacher. They may criticize a church. But when it comes down to death, they know who's real. They do, and they know what's real. And this morning, I don't want enemies no more than anybody does. But to keep the poison out of the pot, we have to be aware of those who are gasping. And I believe this this morning. I believe there's more conservative people in this country than the government wants us to think there is. Bunch of communists, socialist liberals want us to think we're the minority, and we're not this morning. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something else. I think about people sitting in churches like I'm looking at this morning and I've seen across this country. There's people, still people sitting in churches. They don't want watered down preaching. They don't want the preacher to be mean. They don't want him to get up and be belligerent. But there's people sitting in, there in churches today, they're longing, they're searching. They want to hear the truth. They want to hear more than just a feel-good sermon. They want to hear somebody rear back and preach. Amen. Not coffee and donuts and a little discussion on Sunday morning. Amen, around a glass pulpit. That's not what they want. They want to go to church where a man of God takes the Bible, not his own opinion, his own ideas, but he takes the Bible and draws some lines in the sand and preach some principles that they can take home and that can be taught to their children, that in a world that's gone crazy they can still hear some sound doctrine like it's been heard down through the years that they can go back to week after week. I'm just telling you this morning, uh, uh, that's what people, there's still people gasping for help. I'll tell you, there's sinners out there still searching, still looking. They're looking for something that's real. They want something that'll say the gospel still works. Uh, Preaching the the gospel to a sinner still works. Passing out a tract still works. Telling people that there's a real hell to shun and a heaven to gain—it still works. This morning, I'm telling you the gospel still has enough power to save anybody that'll put their faith and their trust in it. And there's a world out there that they've not heard a clear presentation, and they're hungry for the truth. Amen. You know why? And I'm not—I don't—I'm not making fun of people when I say this. You know why people ink their body up? Why they tattoo theirself from head to foot, and why they put metal all in their face, and their mouth, and their ears, and everywhere else? You know why they do that? Because they're lost, and they're searching. I went in a barber shop this week. Man, I've had more bad haircuts than anybody you know. I went in a barber shop this week, and uh, I sat down. And uh, I looked around, and I thought I, was, I thought I was at a tattoo parlor. I really did. Not because of the people, just the place. I mean, I mean, it was head-banging music. Everything was black and dark. I thought, and Brother Brown didn't even come in with me. I thought, where in the world have you brought me to? I slid up in the chair, and everybody, everybody there, I mean, listen, from the top, I'm talking about on their face, down their neck, and everywhere down their arms and I sat there and I talked they were the nicest people they were so nice we sat there and we talked and finally one of them said you from around here I said no I'm actually from Georgia they said what do you do for a living that always comes up you know I said well I'm glad you asked I said I'm a I'm a Baptist pastor well then it got real quiet for about 10 seconds They said, what are you doing up here? I said, I'm preaching revival right down the road. And that lady next there that was cutting hair, she said, you know, she said, I used to go to church when I was a little girl. And we started talking about church and God. I'm going to tell you this morning, there are people gasping all around us. They need a place like this. I'm going to tell you why we're not selling that. It ain't just all about us this morning. It's a world they need to walk in a building in a church house and know whether they get saved or not they've been to church I'm telling you we owe the world a gospel this morning and shame on myself if I let this place go a different way for a world that's gasping finally I want to close with this thought not only be aware of those who are gasping but finally I want you to look at verse 41 be aware of what you got because there's two miracles in verse 41 there's a miracle in the beginning of the verse and a miracle at the end of the verse. The Bible said, but he said, then bring meal. And he cast it in the pot and he said, pour out for the people that they may eat and there was no harm in the pot. Now we know there's a miracle at the last the verse because there's no harm in the pot. But I'll tell you the other miracle in this verse is when Elisha said to them, bring meal. Isn't that amazing? That in a famine, when everything is gone and dried up, they got meal. I got a question for that boy in verse 39. What in the world are you out there in a field looking for herbs and gathering wild gourds when you got meal? Brother, I'm telling you, everybody knows a cathead biscuits better than a salad. Somebody say amen. Come on. For all you health nuts out there, go ahead and eat your salad. Amen. Chew on your kale. Amen. Chew knows as well as I do. Good old, I'm glad my wife can cook cathead biscuits in an iron skillet. Can somebody say amen right there? And cornbread, amen, that when you crumble, it's like grains of sand going down a glass with milk, amen. Somebody say amen. I told our girls growing up, I said, now the best two things you can do for your husband, learn how to cook, let your mama teach you how to cook cathead biscuits and, and cornbread out of a skillet, amen. Not out of a bag, somebody say amen. Or one of things. You marry a girl, and on your first morning, she said she going to cook breakfast, and you're laying in the bed and you hear You married the wrong girl, all I can tell you. That's hey, Amen. You know it's right. Amen. Not a bag or a biscuit, somebody say, yes, man. man. It's just the truth. Hey, do you know what? That meal. Not awesome. kale. He used to say, go get some herbs. And my herbs wasn't going to heal what was in that pot. Uh, right. Hey, go get, uh, hey, won't you go get some croutons? No, I'm going to tell you. He said, you bring that meal. He took that meal. And I'm going to tell you the greatest miracle is that they still had meal in the middle of a famine. I'll tell you what they needed to do. They needed to realize what they had. You see, that old boy thought he'd spice that pottage up because it was just the same old, same old. You don't need to spice old time religion up. Thank God in the middle of a, a pandemic, in the middle when, when churches are dying by the dozen and folding like a tent. I'm glad in 2022, we still got meal. Hallelujah. We we still got this good old 1611, a King James Bible. Thank God for my Bible, God's wonderful book. Thank God for this book, thank God for the Word, thank God for the Bible. I'll say, Bless the Lord, that I still have a Bible in this hour. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, uh, through all the masks, the mandates and the vaccines and everything else uh, and all this and all the uh, political ups and downs, uh, all that stuff will just drive you crazy. I'll tell you one thing that's helped me every morning of my life. Uh, when I got up, uh, is to open that book uh, and to know that it still reads the same uh, and the promises are still holding uh, and we still got meal in this hour, hallelujah. And I'll tell you what you need when you come to church. You can do without a lot of things. You may not have a piano player. You may not have an organ player. You may not have people to sing in the choir. But I'll tell you one thing you got to have you got to have that. You got to have a meal. And, brother, in this world, how you keep a favorite place from becoming a fatal place, you know how you do that? You got to keep putting meal in that pot. You got to keep preaching, keep on preaching. And some days you got to preach past 12 o'clock, don't you? Is that right this morning? I want to tell you, God didn't call us to be comedians. He didn't call us to be pulpiteers, puppets, popes, politicians. We're called to be preachers. You know what preachers do? preachers preach they preach the word of God I don't care if a man uses an outline or not when he preaches I don't really care if he does as long as he's preaching the Bible I don't care if he's polished or if he's country's cornbread I don't care if he stands still or if he runs all over his platform as long as he preaches the Bible is that right this morning brother what we need what this generation needs in this hour they need the bread of the word of God the meal And this morning as we stand, I don't want this place. I tell you, I want to have a place if Jesus hadn't come 20 years from now that our children's children can still come and say, you know what? It's like it used to be. It's like it always has been. It's the old time way. And that's what we need this morning. Don't let nobody change you. Don't worry about those who criticize you. Just keep on keeping on, staying with the stuff. You stay, keep you testifying, keep your shout. Keep on praising God. Don't, don't dry up on the vine. Don't get so used to the atmosphere that you lose sight. My brother Sam sings, if you need to come, you come this morning.